Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have your Bibles, please turn me to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I will do some, some extra reading tonight, and I'll do some, some jumping across. But tonight we're going to finish up our series, The Works of the Flesh. How many have enjoyed this series? The Works of the Flesh. I want to begin reading in Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to start reading tonight in verse 17. It says this, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And tonight will be my final lesson on the works of the flesh. Can we pray together? Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to be among your people. God, I pray right now that this word would help us. It would grow us. It would mature us. It would lead us and guide us and help us, oh Lord. I pray that it would set off alarms in our spirit that we could uh, know exactly where you want us to be and how you want us to be, God, that we may live righteously as we try to endeavor to be who you have called us to be. I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory. And someone just shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm going to go back very, very quickly here and tag in with several of these, um, several of these uh, works of the flesh. I'm going to start at the beginning again and very quickly go through. And I want to start at where Paul started at when he began to say, this is how the works of the flesh are manifest. These are the actions of uh, the flesh. If you want to, we, th the next few scriptures are the fruits of the spirit. We could also call these the fruits of the flesh. This is how the flesh is emulated. And this is how we know that the flesh is working in us. Spirit against the flesh, flesh against the spirit. He begins with adultery. And when we come to adultery, he uses the word, uh, and you, you see the word there. I'm not going to really try to say it again tonight. Uh, amen. It's, it's, it's an interesting word. This is, this is Greek, and so it, it, it doesn't really play out into um, our language. However, the word adultery under this context means unlawful intimacy, and intimacy with someone who you are not married to, or intimacy if you're a single person with someone who is married to someone else other than your lawful spouse. Very straightforward adultery. Then he moves on to fornication. When it comes to fornication, he uses the word pornea, which is where we get our word pornography. And when we talk about fornication, uh, it is illicit 
intimacy, unlawful intimacy, unmarried, unlawful, uh, and unlawful lust if, in, in your thoughts, in your mind, in your spirit. And uh, also, uh, when we talk about fornication and the word pornea, it also covers the concept of homosexuality, incest, bestiality, pedophilia, all unlawful intimacy. God has rules for intimacy. Amen? There are rules for intimacy. Man shall not lie with a beast. Man shall not lie with man. Women shall not lie with women. And a man shall not lie with a child. Amen? And a man shall not lie with a close relative or family member. Amen? This is all in the Pornea Code in the book of Leviticus. If you want to look it up, please do. It's a lot of great information. And you wonder why all the way back then, God was telling Moses, Moses, tell the people don't do these things. Moses, tell the people don't do these things. Tell the people be aware of these things. And we think, why is God telling Moses this? And then we come to 2021 and we're like, oh, I get it. Because the heart of man is exceedingly wicked. Amen? The heart of man is exceedingly wicked. Then he moves on to uncleanliness. Uncleanliness. And uh, again, there's the word, if you want to try to pronounce it, you can. It is impurity physically and mentally. You need to wash your body, but you need to have a clean mind as well. It also talks about luxurious living or lustful living. Living in a way where you want people to lust about your lifestyle and having impure motives. And we know uh, we live in a time where people exemplify a luxurious lifestyle. They edify that and they want people to lust after their lifestyle. I want people to be like me. And so we are living in that time, but however, this was a problem in Paul's time as well, as he wrote to the church in Galatia. And then he talks about lasciviousness. Lasciviousness, unbridled, just unbridled lust, shamelessness, insolence, uh, constant disobedience, and that concept of lasciviousness, that unbridled lust and shamelessness and being unashamed. And we, if you go all the way back, this is connected to, I don't know if I said this in, the, in our first lesson when I was talking about lasciviousness and the, and the fact of shamelessness, this word is connected all the way back to Genesis when Adam and Eve, when they ate the fruit, they realized that they were naked and they were ashamed. Amen? They ate the fruit and when they ate the fruit, uh, the, the, you know, the, the knowledge of good and evil, the first thing they understood to be wrong is that we should not be unclothed together. That's the first thing they knew. This is not right for us to be out in the open with no clothes on. And the Bible says they were ashamed. God came down and said, Adam, Adam, where art thou? Adam said, we're, we, we're, we're naked. And God said, he said, Adam says, we were naked and ashamed. And, and so when we, we, these two words tie into each other all the way from Galatians all the way back to Genesis because it's the same concept, unashamed. And so when you see someone who is uh, just letting it all hang out, letting it all show, you see someone who has a spirit of lasciviousness on them. They're unashamed. That's what the Bible's talking about when it talks about lasciviousness. Idolatry. It speaks about idolatry. I'm going through these very, very, very fast we spent time in every, you can go back, watch it on YouTube, you can watch it on Facebook, or you can find our podcast on iTunes or Spreaker or wherever you find your podcast, Truth Chapel, and you can listen to these as well. Image worship, image worship, which is the worship of false gods. Anything that you set up, involvement in feast in honor to false gods, or worship of mammon or treasures or riches, anything that you set up 
as worship, this is considered idolatry. But then we get into witchcraft, which witchcraft is, uh, you know, it sounds very, very straightforward. When, when we look up the word witchcraft, it, it sounds very, very straightforward. But the word used here for witchcraft is pharmakia, which we get our word pharmacy from. It is the use or administration of drugs. The use of magic, of course, this is connected to the use of magic. It's also the use of or the administration of drugs. And so we have to be very, very careful how we are using drugs. Amen. The use of sorcery or curses. Amen. We should not, you know, the, the, the Bible says that it should be not so out of the same mouth flows blessing and curses. That should not be so using curses against people or wishing harm on people is the sin of witchcraft and it's also the bible also tells us that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft amen and and we would say well what is rebellion to rebel against something to 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 rebel against a truth or a fact to say you know what i'm not going to live that way i'm not going to do that i know it's the truth but i'm going to live in my own way and rebel against it god considers that to be a sin of witchcraft and we have that from a different part of the word of god but it is connected here to this word witchcraft and then we move on to hatred a lot of these a lot of these things ain't gonna hit you but some of this stuff gonna hit you amen and you know some of this stuff you thinking that's right you tell them pastor you go get them but some of this stuff is like okay now wait a minute now you in my lane be careful amen hatred to cause or to have enmity hostility or causing division or be a part of a cause of division. Uh, the hostile hating of uh, and opposing of other people. Hating someone. This is a work of the flesh. And if you hate someone, you have no place in the kingdom of God. Or in opposition or hatred of God. Amen. Or hatred of God's word or hatred of the things of God. And this is not just hatred toward mankind, but it's also hatred towards God. It is a work of the flesh and then he moves into variance variance uh, uh, to to be contentious to be quarrelsome loving to debate and to be uh, disagreeable to just constantly always want to fight I know you don't know anybody like that uh, but in my travels I have come upon several people who always want to be the voice of negativity they always want to fight over something it, and, and you can say this, but they know something over here. And, and, you, and, and you could do this, but, but they're going to say that. And they're always going to have something to say because they love to keep things stirred up. This is a work of the flesh, and it is a sin. Somebody say it's a sin. Emulations. The Bible talks about emulations. Zeal. This is, uh, it comes from the word zealous, which we get our word zeal and zealous from. It is to have zeal in behalf of a person or a thing. To be envious or, or to, to have envious or contentious rivalry and being or contentiously defending anything. Where you would be so favorable for something that you would defend it with your life or cause division or strife because of your particular like or your particular team or your particular rivalry that you would unfriend somebody because they like a team that you don't like. 
That's to have zeal in behalf of something. To zeal on behalf of the fierceness of indignation and anger and hatred and jealousy of someone or something. Or to defend anything contentiously. Amen? We, amen. We're, we're, you know, we're finding ourselves here and there. Wrath talks about wrath. Wrath, the, the, the word for wrath is thumos. And it is passionate anger. Passionate anger. Uh, heated, heated passion. It, and, and, and this is connected to having a temper. And I, know, I, don't know you, I know you don't know anybody like that. Uh, but I know some people who got a bad temper. Me sometimes. Amen. If you, don't wanna, if you don't want me to step on your toes, I'll step on mine. I got a temper sometimes. Amen. And uh, deal with passionate anger. And sometimes I get passionate about stuff. And, and that's a work of the flesh. I got to check myself. Amen. If nobody wants to own up to it, I'll, I'll, I'll own up to it. Sometimes you get angry and you have irrational behavior. Amen. And it, it, talks about, it talks about wine of passion. This word in its original context conjures up a concept of wine of passion. And, but, but it's not speaking about a physical wine. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. What it's talking about is the wine of anger or the to being, being drunk off of anger. And we've seen people get so mad they act like a drunk person. Get so angry. God said this is a work of the flesh and I don't want nothing to do with that. And that spirit has no place in my kingdom. Somebody said amen. amen. And then where we ended last week was strife. And I'm, I'm, I'm moving very quickly, just summarizing. Strife is one of the ones that, 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 that hit me uh, be, because I, I thought strife was something totally different. And I've heard people preach on works of the flesh, and I never heard strife described this way. Uh, but it makes sense to me because I have seen, personally, I have seen just being in the position I'm in and traveling all over uh, the United Pentecostal Church International and other apostolic denominations and being around men of power and men of position. I have seen this at work and didn't know what it was. Now I know what it is. It is strife is electioneering for office. Self-seeking, partisanship with disdain for lower classes and factitious behavior or like social grouping or cliques. The, Paul said in many occasions when he spoke to Ephesus, when he, when he spoke to Philippi, when he, when, when he spoke to the church in Galatia, when he spoke to the church in Thessalonica, you can continue to read all of these. Almost every church, Paul would say, there are strifes among you. And what he was saying was there's some among you who are trying to get better positions and you're putting other people down because you're self-seeking and you want to run the show and you want to be in charge. And so you, you would go as far as to make someone else look bad so that you can be good. Amen? Sound familiar in 2021? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you don't know nobody like that. But I've been around people who electioneer for position. I've literally talked to men who I respected and, 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 and loved, loved their ministries, and they would say, hey, you're going to be at this meeting next week? Yeah, I'm planning on being there. Who, who you voting for? But well, that's none of your business. Well, you know, I'm thinking about so-and-so, you know, they, they, they this and they that, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, why, why are we even having this conversation right now? You know, I don't, I have a biblical precedent on how we should vote, and you, you won't like it. I promise you, you won't like it. 
There's only one vote in the Bible. Only one. They said, well, what about, you know, back in the Old Testament when God put, that wasn't a vote. They just put their rods down and said, in the morning, the rod that buds, he'd be the one who would be the, the high priest. And in the morning, in the morning, it was Aaron's rod that budded, and then God killed everybody else. It's like he's in charge, and the ground opened up, swallowed all of the other people so they wouldn't cause strife. That's Old Testament God. In the New Testament, they said, listen, we, we, we need to fill the role of Judas, and so we need to vote someone into position to be an apostle among us because God chose 12. We can't go forward without 12. So here's what we're going to do. Who was here since Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist? Who's been with us? since Jesus' baptism. And, you know, when Jesus was baptized by John, John said, this is he who I spoke of, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch. And he said, baptize me. He said, no, you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, it behooves us to fulfill all righteousness. So John the Baptist baptized Jesus. When Jesus came out of the water, the dove ascended, and we see God speaking down and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And when Jesus walked away that day, many disciples left John and followed Jesus. And so here's the question. Who's eligible to be voted on? Here's the eligibility qualifications. You have to have been here since Jesus was baptized. Who, who was here when Jesus got baptized? Only two dudes raised their hands, Matthias and Justice. That's it. So only got two guys who's eligible. So they said, all right, Matthias and Justice, you guys come over here. Y'all sit right here. We're going to go pray. And the Bible says all the apostles got together and they prayed. And they said, God, lead us, guide us. We need to know who's going to be in this position. And so after they prayed, they came in and they cast lots. See, that takes all the human effort out of it. They didn't say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to vote. And whoever gets the most votes is going to be the one God, God uses. That's what we do. That's strife. We need to repent. Now I'm saying this on live, by the way. We need to repent because that's strife. Because if, if we know people are going to vote, what we can do before the vote is say, hey, man, listen, if you vote me and I'll make sure that you get taken care of, you know, I'll make sure your kids can do this. And I'll, you know, you know, if, if you was to put me in position, I mean, I could really do something for you. And that's what happens when you have a vote. But they didn't vote. They just put their names in the hat, shook it up, and the hat and the name that fell out, that's the one who got it. The Bible says the lot fell on Matthias. Does it? That takes all the human effort. We just prayed about it. So whoever's name fell out, that's the name. That's the guy. And the Bible says that Matthias took the spot of Judas. And you never see his name again in the New Testament. But his name will be written on one of the foundations of heaven. That's in the, that's in the book of Revelation. The 12 apostles, each foundation has the name of an apostle in it. So Matthias's name will be written on one of those foundations. However, you do see justice later on in the New Testament when Paul said, I want to thank this group of people because they blessed me so much. There were great workers in the kingdom. And he starts listing off all the people who blessed them and helped him. And justice is mentioned in, because justice didn't, get the, the, justice didn't get the vote, but he didn't leave and start his own movement. Because there was no strife. See what happened when you start strife, now, now guys like, you know what, the only reason I didn't get that vote was because Billy and Bob and Tom, they got together and, and, and they started electioneering and they got this group of people to vote for them. 
Strife. That's strife. And strife is in the same list as fornicators. What? Yeah. God said, what, God said, when I think about people who would electioneer for a position and set themselves up and self-seeking and that are partisan and that try to get people to do what they want to do and put themselves in a higher position, he said, I think of those people in the same list as I think about idolaters and emulators and seditions and heresies and fornicators and adulterous. God help us. Somebody talk back to the pastor. God help us. He said, after he got through his strife, he went on to seditions. And so we started, just a few more tonight. He went on to seditions. Seditions is division and dissension, insurrection. It's either causing division, being a part of division, causing insurrection, or being a part of insurrection. Now this is what Paul says when he writes to the church of Corinth. He says, look, when I, when I, when I, Think about you, when, when, when I hear about you, I hear that there are divisions among you. Now, if you go back and, and, and you read some of Paul's writing, you will see that there's, a, that, that, that there's a church in Corinth, and he says, listen, he said, when I, when I think about you, he said, you have every gift. He said to Corinth, he said, you have every gift. He said, you are lacking no gift. Every gift is in operation in your church. You got good music, you got good preaching, you got a nice building, you're fire, you're amazing. He said, but when I speak to you, I have to speak to you as children and not as men. He said, and the reason I have to speak to you as children is because there's division among you. Say, so you look good, you sound good, you got it going together, but there's division in the house. God hates division. He calls it seditions. Mm. Then he moves on to heresies. Heresies. Heresies is a body of men following man-made tenets or laws. This is the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, God called heretics because they had their own set of rules and they were all their own little special group. They dressed the same, they looked the same. They were a, they were a biblical gang, so to speak. And they were heretics because God considered them to have heresies. And it is dissension or division arising from diversities of opinions and motives. Or holding a, an opinion or a doctrine that is contrary to the word, that's a heresy. The Catholic Church accused Martin Luther of being a heretic and banished him because he said the just shall live by faith. However, he was not a heretic and they were the heretics because he was in the Bible and they weren't. The Great Reformation was started by what was considered at the time a heretic. However, he was not a heretic. He was the one standing by the word and they were the ones standing by the rules. Amen? Amen? So when you line yourself up with the word, you can't go wrong. That's why I'm always saying I'd rather be biblical than apostolic. Yeah. 
I'd rather be biblical than Pentecostal. I'd rather be biblical than Baptist. I'd rather be biblical than Methodist. I'd rather be biblical than anything. I want to be biblical first. I'm biblical before I'm Christian. How can I be Christian if I ain't biblical? I got to be biblical. Because heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one spot of my word shall pass away. Not one tittle, not one dot. So the word is the most powerful thing. So if I align myself with the word, how can I be wrong? How can I go wrong? When I align myself with God's word, not just a portion of God's word, not just what appeases me, not just what makes me feel good, not just the scriptures I want to pull out and point at, but I'm talking the whole word. Don't give me a crumb and call it the loaf. Don't give me a slice and say, here, here's a loaf of bread. No, sir. I want the whole loaf, all of it, the crumbs in the bag and everything else. Because it's the whole word that gives us rebuke, reproof, and encouragement. The whole word. Because if you only read half the word, you're going to end up with a bunch of questions. You will. The word is meant to be consumed as a whole. Amen. The word is meant to be consumed as a whole, not just in parts. You can't, you can't take out what you want to take out. If people say, well, we don't need the Old Testament. That's the Old Testament. We don't need none of that. The devil is a lie. We need all of that. Because you can't have the new if you don't have the old. The old explains the new. And it, it, people who would say, we don't need the Old Testament. Then tell me what Jesus did. Well, the Bible says Jesus got his disciples together and he started at Moses. And went through the whole Old Testament speaking, of, speaking things concerning himself. He literally took them through the entire Old Testament and showed them every point where the oracles of old were proclaiming his coming. He basically said, look, they've been talking about me since the ark. He said, you may think I'm new and flashy, but baby, I've been here since the beginning. In the word, <laughs> in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was like, listen, I've been here. You think I'm the new kid on the block, but I am the block. I'm the chief cornerstone. Hello? And so when you take a line that does not match the word, that is a heresy. And it is a work of the flesh. Now, here we go. The next word is envyings. He said, this is a, this is a manifestation of the work of the flesh. Envyings. Envyings con con consist of wishing ill will on people being jealous of people, resentful awareness of advantages others have, joined with a desire to have those same advantages. That's literally what he meant when he wrote the word envyings. It is to be jealous of others and covet their stuff. Covet their looks, covet their families, covet their houses, covet their cars, covet their abilities, covet their skills, to want to be like them and wish ill will on them, praying that they would lose it and you would gain it. The Bible said this is envyings. 
You, you envy, envy. I want what you got. And 2021 has made it so easy for us to envy. We have to be careful when we're watching other folks. There was a time when I didn't know what anybody was doing and it was blissful. How many here are over 40? Raise your hand or an elbow, one of the two. Raise your hand or a nub, whatever one you got. Y'all remember when we didn't know nothing? If you didn't watch the 6 o'clock or the 11 o'clock news, you ain't know nothing. And then if you watch the news, you only knew what they wanted you to be let in on. And you would call people on the phone and you would have to know their number. It wasn't programmed anywhere, stored anywhere. It would just, if you didn't know it, you didn't call them. And if you didn't know their address, there was no way to get a hold of them. None. I remember when 411 became a thing. How, how many old enough to remember Star 69? What y'all know about Star 69, bro? Who is this? Who did to call me? Hang the phone up at Star 69. The number that just dialed you is, you be like, I got you now, Craig. Got you now. I know Tyrone's number now. Star 69 them. I remember when I didn't have to remember I remember when I didn't know anything about anybody. And I'll be honest with you, it was blissful. You hear, you be talking to somebody at a, at a party or a family reunion or a cookout, and you be like, man, I ain't seen Bill in a while. Man, Bill died. What? Man, Bill been dead two years. Oh, you kidding me? Man, we, we've been done buried, Bill. Where you been? Man, I didn't even know. I had no clue. I was thinking about Bill the other day. Man, that, Bill been gone. Wow. Or you see somebody randomly and be like, hey, how's your husband? Oh, we, 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 we separated. When did y'all separate? Oh, we've been separated. Oh, my goodness. Tell me everything. <laughs> Nowadays, we're going to know when they start having trouble. We're going to know when they separate. And they're going to tell you nothing. They're going to type it right on out. Well, what happened was. And so. Our society has made it easy for us to envy. We have to be careful. Watching people's stuff, watch, looking at stuff and thinking, oh, I want that life. I wish I could do that. I wish I would do that. Lord, help us. Help us have a mind to say, you know what? This is, I, I, I need to lay off this because I find myself wishing I had what they had and wishing they didn't have it. Careful. 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 Look, this word, pathonis, is connected to another word that we use today, Python. Because it constricts. It's a, the, the, the word envying has a, a, a notation and a connotation of constricting in it, which is what the, what the word Python means, constricting. That's what the word Python means. It means constricting. This word has a base root of constriction because it constricts us and it tightens. And it tightens and tightens. Before you know it, you be hating people. You don't even know these people. You don't even know these people, and you're hating them. I had to unfollow him. I hate him. Mm -mm. I, can't put, I, can't, I can't deal with that. You don't even know this person. You just know a persona of what they have posted. You don't even really know them for real in real life. But it's, it's, in, the, 
It's in the fabric of our culture, a work of the flesh. Moving on very quickly, murders. Let me tell you what murders mean. Murder. <laughs> this one's pretty straightforward. To kill, to take someone's life. However, here's a part of it that we didn't know. It means to wish death upon someone. To wish that someone would die. Let me tell you what John said in 1 John 3, 5. He said, he that hateth his brother is a murderer. He didn't say, he that hateth his brother is like a murderer. Not what he said. He said, he that hateth his brother is a murderer. So this, this got me thinking about what Jesus said in Matthew 5. Because remember in Matthew 5 when Jesus was like, you heard Moses say that if, if you touch a woman, it's a bad thing. He said, but I tell you that if you even think about it, you might as well have already done it. You've already done it in your heart. You're already guilty of it. This got me thinking, does the concept still not apply? That I may not murder someone, never bring myself to murder someone, but if I let it get in my brain and I wish, you know what, I wish I could just take them out. God said, I already accounted it to your credit. You're a murderer now. Guilty as charged. He that hateth his brother is a murderer. He, and then he said, and you know that no murderer shall have a place in the kingdom of God. Pretty straightforward. Drunkenness, drunkenness, to be drunk, to be intoxicated. Drunken behavior, habitual, excessive use of alcohol. I would say abstain from all alcohol. That's what I would say to you. Now you grown, you do what you want to do. I ain't your daddy, I'm your pastor. There's a difference. But if you're asking me what I think you should do, my, my, I, I think you should not touch it. I don't think you should have some for the stomach's sake. I don't think you should have any. I don't think, I don't, I don't think you, should, you should try it. You say, well, I have a little after dinner, helps me sleep. No, it doesn't. Do your research on that. It doesn't help you sleep. It actually knocks you out of REM sleep over and over and over again throughout the night. Just do your research on it. Do your research on it. Go, right, go tonight and Google, does wine help me sleep? and find out how wrong you really are. It does not. It actually hurts you as you sleep. It will help you go to sleep, but it will keep you up at all times of the night, even when you don't. They akin drinking, uh, drinking alcohol is to actually giving yourself sleep apnea. Go look it up. You will fall asleep quicker, but you will wake up at all times of the night because of it. And you won't even know that you're waking up. You won't even know that you're being knocked in and out of sleep. And you wake up in the morning feeling horrible and wondering why. Just research it. Drunkenness. I would say as your pastor, I would say if you want to know what I think about it, just don't get close to it. All things are lawful. All things not expedient. All things are lawful. All things not expedient. This world is too crazy to even dip a toe in the pool. Because you might dip a toe in the pool and a shark grab you and pull you in and you'd be stuck. Say it ain't so, Craig. Absolutely, it's so. I got a bunch of friends that it's so. Put their toe in the pool and an octopus grab them. Gone. 
Just say, you know what, it's, it's, it's all right, it's cool, I'll try it, boom, gone. Talking about, well, you know, you gotta eat the meat, spit out the bones. Well, the devil is a lie. Because nobody choked on a bone intentionally. It was always an accident. You didn't know the bone was there. That's why I got caught in your gizzard, because you didn't know it was there. If you knew it was there, you would've spit it out. Hello? How you doing? Now, last one. Last, last one. Revelings. Revelings. This is to revel or to riot, to cause chaos. It is uh, to parade, uh, parade around, uh, parades including singing, dancing, drunkenness in the streets. It is feasting or drinking to gods or idols or to honor gods or other deity. And I know that, you know, this crowd right here are probably like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good on that, Pastor. I don't do all that kind of stuff. But we see it in our world. Mardi Gras is a reveling. Do not participate in such foolery. It is, it is a sin. It is a work of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. And so we have to be careful what we let ourselves indulge in. Be very careful. Because there are some things that are blatant, very clear. I'm pretty sure all of us in this room are good with murder. Hopefully there's no psychopaths in here that's just been killing folk for fun and we don't know about it, okay? But that's, that's clear. But envyings, I gotta check myself. This is what the Bible said is, it is not wise to, it is not wise to compare ourselves among ourselves. Because we get caught up envying. So, so I wanna read this for you and then I'm, I'm, I'm gonna close out tonight with, with just one more scripture. Uh, one more set of scriptures and then we're, I'm going to be done. So he says this. He says, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Put, a, put up Galatians 5 and 21 for me. He said, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So there's more. There's more than this. He said, and such like. And such like, things like this. He said, he said this, is not, this is not an exhaustive list of all of the works of the flesh. I ain't got time to get an exhaustive list of all the works of the flesh. But he also says, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past. When did you tell us in time past? Paul. When did you bring up these things before? When, when did we hear you say these things before? Can I take you somewhere in the Bible? Can you go to, with me to Romans chapter 1? Yeah. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 21. I don't have time to read it all, but let's read a little bit here. This is time past. Romans is one of the first books or notes or letters that Paul wrote because Paul was a Roman. He was a Jew who was a Roman citizen. And his first letter 
was to the church in Rome, a church which he established through Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos. Go read it. A church that he established, a church in Rome, one of his first churches, and this is what he said in times past. He said in verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkening. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. They, they made the glory of God into images and into birds and to four-footed beasts and to creeping things. And wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness, that's the work of the flesh, through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, fornication, adultery, emulation, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. This is fornication. Pornia which covers homosexuality, lesbianism, incest, bestiality, and all of the above. Being filled with all unrighteousness, this is all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, Covenant breakers, without natural affliction, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. This is what he told us in time past. He covers almost every work of the flesh and a couple extra ones in this scripture. But can you go back to verse 32 for me? Here's where I want us all to check ourselves. Can, can, can we do a Holy Ghost check right here? He said, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let me break that down for you. He said, the people who do these things, fornicate, murder, all this kind of stuff, they are worthy of death. But not only them that do them, but also the people that take pleasure in them that do them. So I would ask you this in 2021. You may not murder, but do you have pleasure in it? You, you may not be an adulterer. But, but do you take pleasure in shows that promote adultery? Do, you, you may not be a fornicator, but do you take pleasure in books that promote fornication? Movies that promote fornication? Friendships that promote fornication? You, you may not be any of these things, but do you take pleasure in them that do them? Do you not participate but love to watch? It's quiet in the house. 
I got two amens and a cricket. Because every one of us in this room have at some point not been a partaker, but we have received pleasure. I didn't do it, but I love to watch it. I'm not, I'm not wicked. I'm not a witch, but man, I love to watch that witch stuff. I don't murder, I don't envy, I'm not malicious, but man, I love, <laughs> I love to watch it. I love to talk about it. It's my favorite stuff. I don't invent evil things, but I partake in the evil things which were invented. I'm not a homosexual, but I enjoy shows and stuff that promote it. And every person that we know who do these things, every, every, every human being that is involved in the things that we've talked about here, every one of them are children of God, who God loves and God wants to save and bring out. There's not one, we, we, we can read both of these scriptures in Romans and Galatians and we can, and we can see that there's not one thing, there's not one thing that's greater sin than the other, that when God looks at murderers, he looks at the enviers the same way. You know what I mean? Like God ain't just, God doesn't have like a list of things that are greater than or whatever. There's a few things that God considers an abomination. And the things that God hates, and we should all be aware of those things as well. But when it comes down to works of the flesh and what spirits do and, and people who are fighting against spirit, fighting against God, people who are just lost in sin and lost in emulation, lost in what they're doing, we should all understand that we should love the sinner, hate the sin. That's very clear, very clear. But we should also maintain a great distance from ungodly behavior. That I will not stand in the way of sinners. That I would not sit in the seat of the scornful. Amen? That I would, I would be careful what I allow into my life because even though, even though I may not be a partaker of the actual problem, I may be finding pleasure in those that do them. And that, brothers and sisters, is where many of us could hop on the train and say, Lord, touch me. I need to work on me. What God is showing us is that the flesh is the flesh. Your flesh wants to do bad. It's in your DNA. And it's okay. It doesn't make you a horrible, wicked, ungodly person. What it makes you is a person a human being. But when the Spirit of God is in you and you want to live a righteous life, you have to say, you know what, I'm gonna separate myself from the things that displeases God. God doesn't like it, I don't like it. God doesn't want it, I don't want it. God says no, I say no. And I'm not standing here trying to tell anybody to be perfect, but I am here asking you to be aware 
Many times we fall into traps because we just ain't even aware. We just letting it happen and we just whatever. And then after the fact, we realize, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have been a part of that. I should not have participated in that because sometimes our ignorance gets us in trouble. This is why God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, when you go into Canaan land, be careful that you don't mingle with the people unless you take covenant with them unaware. You could just be over at someone's house and just enjoying yourself and wind up doing something that I hate. Be careful. Check yourself. Watch, watch out. Be willing to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Hey, we're going to go do this. God bless y'all. I, I, I just don't do that. Hey, tell us this, tell us that. No, I'm, I'm not involved in that. This is some, some stuff I don't do. No, I don't want people to laugh at me. I'd rather the whole world laugh at me than God look at me and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Every one of us going to have to stand before God at some point and say, Lord, this is why I did what I did. This is why I said what I said. This is how I felt, how I felt. And what we have to understand is God looks into the intent of the heart. And every one of us can stand and say, God, I didn't do nothing, but I thought a bunch of stuff. And God said, yeah, and when you thought it, I put it on your account. When you thought it, I put the mark by your name. Because I was seeing your intent and not just your action. God help us. Remember what I said about that? In the airport, they just wave that little wand on you. Beep, 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 beep. What's in your pocket? Beep, beep. That's what the word is doing to us. It's just, it's just swiping over. It's just, you let the word work. The word, the word will say beep. Oh Lord, I didn't even know I had a problem right there. Thank you, Lord. Hey, I didn't, even, I didn't realize I had it in my pocket. I forgot I had it in my pocket. And some of us, it, 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 it may not go off. God may have not touched you in any place. The word may have been like, well, God bless him, Lord. And, and if, and if that, that's you, write a book and let us all get a free copy. But everyone, every one of us in the room, there's a little beep, beep. There's something somewhere, God's setting off something in your spirit. God help us. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to say, Lord, if I am lacking in any area, help me, show me, make me aware, pray about it, seek God about it. Somebody came to me last week. He said, Pastor, what do you think about this? Because, you know, I do this and I do that and, and I really enjoy it. My kids enjoy it. Like, do you think that's bad? I said, go home, pray about it. Go home and, and, and fast a couple days and, and ask God, God, is this okay with you? I said, if it ain't okay with him, he gonna let you know. He's going to let you know. I, I've, I've never known anybody to, to walk away from a conviction they had in their life or a conviction that they got from the word. I've never heard anybody say, you know what, I was fasting three days and I was praying and God said I didn't have to do that no more. I ain't never met nobody say that to me. And I've had a lot of friends walk away from holiness, walk away from righteousness, walk away from truth, and they never, nary one of them told me, you know what, I've just been praying and seeking God, I've been fasting, and God said, I, I, you know, we didn't have to do this anymore, and, and this didn't matter, and you didn't need to do this anymore, and, and, and this was okay. Never one of them. But I had a bunch of them say, you know what, I've been hanging around with a new set of friends, and you know, we was talking, and, you know, I got some buddies and some pals. Man, we was at lunch. We was just talking, man. And you know what, man? They told me this book to read, and I was reading this book, and I just don't think God wants us to do that stuff anymore. I ain't ever heard nobody say, man, I've been in deep prayer. I've been sitting right next to God in heavenly places, and God told me this wasn't a sin no more. 
nary, not nobody. Because if you get close to God, if you really get close to God, he's going to start making you give stuff up. You really get close to God, he's going to say, I don't like that. You're like, God, you didn't like that? No, I never liked that. But I was waiting for you to get close enough to me, for me to understand. For you to, I, I couldn't give you meat because you was just a child. I was giving you milk, but now that you want to come on up to the high place, the donkey and the young men got to stay down the mountain because if we're going to go worship, everybody can't go. Everything can't go with you. If you're really going to get close to God, every relationship can't go with you. If you're really going to get close to God, there's some things you can't do up on the mountain. There's some books you can't read on the mountain. There's some movies you can't watch on the mountain. There's some friends you can't have on the mountain. There's some relationships you can't have. God said, if you're going to get close to me, sometimes you got to be all by yourself. You can't bring that mess up here. You can't bring. Nobody ever made an idol on the mountain. They made an idol in the valley. Surrounded by a bunch of people. Talking about, hey, why don't we make us some gods? Anybody, hey, hey, Aaron, hey, won't you get to, let's give these earrings to Aaron and see if he won't make us something. That was down the mountain with everybody trying to have a good time. But on the mountain, when God was talking, it was just Moses. 40 days and 40 nights, no food or water, a supernatural fast. God was talking to him face to face as a friend, as a man would talk to his friend by himself alone. No, no contraband. No fanfare, no music playing, no great crowds. But down in the valley where everybody was having a good time, that's when they got in trouble. If you really want to get close to God, you're not going to have a big crowd with you. If you really want to get close to God, sometimes it's going to be alone, by yourself, and God's going to start stripping you away. I don't want that. I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And you're going to come down the mountain and your face is going to be glowing. You're going to say, oh, my, what's wrong with you? I've been with the Lord. What did he give you? A set of rules. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Where you been? Oh, you're glowing. Man, you been in God's presence? Yeah, I've been, I, me and God was sitting down eating Doritos, having a Coca-Cola. We was just talking. Just, oh, it was amazing. What did he give you? Rules. Oh, he didn't give you power and authority? And, no, he just gave me some rules. I got so close to God, so close to him, I could almost touch him. You know what he gave me? Things not to not do. You want to get close to God? Get ready for rules. Ain't nobody want to talk back to the preacher today. Y'all think I'm crazy. You want to get real close to God? Get ready for some rules written in the stone. God said, here's some things I don't want you to do. Here's some places I don't want you to go. Don't you say that. Don't you do that. God, I thought I was coming up here for miracles, signs, and wonders. God said, no, you, if you want to get close to me, get ready for rules. Get ready for law. I'm going to write my, matter of fact, he said the Holy Ghost, read it, in, read it in the book of Hebrews. He said the Holy Ghost is when I write my law in your heart. Write it in your mind. That way, when you want to go touch the unclean thing, the law inside you goes, mm, I don't need to touch that. Mm, when he texts you on Friday night. The Holy Ghost said, mm, delete, unfollow, block. <laughs> Don't ever, ever, ever come by here and see me. That's the Holy Ghost because it's the law written in your heart. The law is not to keep you happy. The law is to keep you holy. The spirit wars against the flesh. 
and the flesh wars against the spirit. And God's working on us the whole time saying, I want you to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people, and I will walk in you. And I will guide you, and my law shall be written on your heart. If you want to go up the mountain, get ready for rules. Stand with me. Would you lift your hands as you stand? God, I thank you for your word. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.